welcome to season two of a Leader Like Me podcast. My name is Advita Patel and I'm an internal communications and employee experience consultant based in Manchester. And I'm Priya Bates. I'm president of Inner Strength Communication based in Toronto, Canada. We're co-founders of A Leader Like Me. A Leader Like Me is a community to help underrepresented people progress in their careers. And we also help people progress on diversity, equity, inclusion and belonging for everyone. We hope you enjoy the conversation this season. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Episode 8, Season 2 of the A Leader Like Me podcast. This season, as we mentioned, we're going to be covering our book writing journey um, with Kogan Page as we write our book about the role of internal communication in creating inclusive cultures. And I'm really excited, especially when it comes to diversity, equity, and inclusion. And today, we're actually going to focus on internal communication, because as you've been writing, Advita, your your chapter focused around internal communication, you've discovered quite a few, uh, quite a bit of history around internal communication that you found enlightening. Do you want to share that with our audience yeah. today? Yeah, it's been fascinating, honestly, just because one of the, one of the reasons we chose to include this chapter, Priya, as you know, because we had this chat was, the conversation I often have, and I know you often have with other internal communicators is what role do we actually play in equity, diversity and inclusion? And how can we possibly contribute to this conversation when we're not often the ones who are in charge or, you know, the leaders of this work? And we've always kind of debated and argued that part of our role is to make sure that there's a common understanding around the purpose of the organisation. And to to do that, we have to be inclusive and make sure that we're sharing stories and, you know, the the necessary stuff that we need to share around messaging that is accessible and that people can connect with. And what I found really fascinating is that when I was doing my research about how did internal comms come about, you know, where did it all start from? It took me all the way back to 1840. And it was part of, um, in New England, they, there was a, a, a community in New England where it was the start of the industrial revolution and women were going back into were working in factories and mills, you know, doing clothing basically in New England. So gone out the traditional ways of kind of, you know, hand stitching clothes. They were actually going into mills to work on, on the machines. And in 1840, the, a publication called the Lowell Offering was created um, to help by women to help other women understand what life on the factory floor was like. And in those days, you know, 1840, it was before women's rights and women being allowed to vote. You know, the, the behaviour towards women was really poor and they were not treated fairly at all. But the Lowell offering allowed these women to talk about their stories, to share understanding, to give a sense of purpose, and to talk about subjects that were difficult in those times, things like dying by suicide and other mental health challenges and things like, you know, unions. They were one of the first um, uh, organisations, sorry, the, the, the group of the women to create a, a union for workers' rights in New England in the 1840s. Wow. And all that was driven by a magazine which the women contributed to. And repeat that again. You said this is from 1840. 1840 it started. 
1840. And it was started by a religion, a religious group, uh, a reverend who wanted to, uh, who was the editor at the time. And then the editing rights got moved over to two women who, who managed it. And the whole idea was to kind of close that gap between knowledge, uh, between the women, but also to build an inclusive culture, you know, to, to bring these women together who were often single parents whose husbands had died in civil wars or widows or young women who had very low income and didn't have the privilege of having a, a rich family to look after them. So these young girls, as they were known, you know, the, the young women were aged between 12 and 18, very young women who were thrown into this world of work in the start of the Industrial Revolution and people were very dismissive of them, you know, and turned their nose up at them. So in order to build their education and to support each other, they created this magazine, which I just think is incredible. And you think about that and the the parallels, right? That the, yeah. the start, the, the the history of internal communication and this newsletter, which is like one of the first, uh, you know, that knowledge uh, that needed to be shared were for undervalued, underrepresented groups yeah. and in order to connect them to each other and help them feel supported. And when we yeah. think about our role as internal communication, we really do close that gap. We really connect the dots. We help people yeah. connect with the organization, each other, and to the business and the strategies. Yeah. Yeah. We help people understand some of the gaps that may be missing from their knowledge. And it's making sure that, that like to your point, we connect the dots and we give people the platform to share their stories and to cultivate this culture of inclusivity so people belong and thrive. And the reason I say this is because most of those women who contributed to that magazine went on to incredible things. You know, in those days in the 1840s, you didn't hear of women going off and starting their own businesses. And some of them did. You know, some of them started their own businesses. Some of them became authors. Some became journalists. You know, these women were able to thrive not just survive in this space and all because they had a, a publication that made them feel included in the conversations that were taking place and to demonstrate their, their and build on their education and understanding about factory life in those days. And then you were talking as well. You were sending me WhatsApps all weekend. (laughs) Look at this. You were taking screenshots or taking shots of, you know, passages in the, in the documents you were reading. And I could feel your excitement at the discovery of this history. And the, the, so this next one that you had shared with me was around uh, the first book that was written on internal communication. And what date was that from? 1942 by Alexander Heron, right? So he wrote this book after going to a meeting uh, about industrial relations, and he realized there was a gap in the knowledge, again, between leadership and employees. And it was 1942, right in the middle of World War II, right? Right in the middle of World War II, there was lots of uncertainty, lots of hate, lots of, a war, a war the whole globe was involved in and yet you know if you read some of his passages in his book you would think he was writing it for 2022 yes not 1940 because he talked about you fear know. fear of the unknown he talked about fear he did and one of his opening passages in his book and i want to read this out which just really resonated with the work that we do as internal communicators or the work we're trying to do within this space and he said 
the fear complex against another nation, race or class is born of suspicion of the motives of the people who are grouped behind the enemy symbol. This suspicion is a product of lack of knowledge of the human beings who are in that group. This lack of knowledge is the natural result of lack of contact in the complexity of modern political and industrial affairs, a lack due in part, at least, to the sizes of the units involved. And I was just like, boom. Like, he is talking about the lack of knowledge that people have about certain groups and why they create this fear and why this knowledge gap needs to be streamlined. So his book, which is all about sharing information with employees, that's what the book is called, he realised that if we don't close this gap of knowledge between leadership and leaders, you know, we've seen, haven't we, on the trust index and the Edelman Trust Barometer and all those things that people don't trust the, the institutions like the government and the media, but they do trust their own CEO and the peers. And in 1942, Alexander Heron was talking about this. That's amazing. You know, he was talking about if leaders are not opening up the conversations and willingly sharing information with their colleagues, you are going to create this fear and people are going to make assumptions about certain situations and it's going to create chaos. And he recognised that. And his book, and I've been reading it because it, it's not printed anymore, but I've been reading it on a, on a Google and we'll put it in the show notes if anyone is interested about reading it. But when I was reading it, obviously there's terminologies that just would not be acceptable in 2022. We get that, right? Life has definitely moved on when it comes to the language that we use. But his, the essence of that book clearly demonstrated to me the influence that internal communication can have in organisations to make a difference. And I think we need to go back to that time and realise what our purpose is. And I think that's where we are sometimes, as internal communications professionals, have lost our sense of purpose. And then if we go back to 80 years and 100 years, 150 years, it was about connecting people. It was about bringing the knowledge to the people and connecting those dots and helping people thrive for the organisation and perform and be their best selves. And I think when I have these conversations with other communicators and they go, well, that's not our, really our role, though, is it? We've got so many other, like, no, no, that is our role. Our role as internal communication professionals is to help people in the organisation have the knowledge they need so they can continue to thrive and feel included in the conversations so they can belong. And, and I always say that, you know, we're, we're there to help them be aware of what the, what's going on in the organisation, the facts. We need to help them understand the why. It's important. We need to help them understand what to do. And that's part of closing the gap because sometimes we're not clear in terms of what we're asking for of employees in the DEI space and every other space, in fact. And then finally, we need to help them believe, believe in the cause, believe in the purpose. And that is so purpose driven. So there is, you know, it's incredible to me. First of all, that second book that we talked, you talked about was written from a leadership perspective, a leader saying this is important in 1942. And here we are today. And there's still so much work to do because we have so much potential as internal communication practitioners. And, and when you do get a chance to read the book, we're working our way through diligently through the chapters, you know, hopefully to be getting two thirds of the way through, through, uh, by the end of this month. 
that we're really talking about the role of internal communication and then making that clear connection with diversity, equity, inclusion, because what we do is so important in terms of cultivating the cultures our organizations not only want, but absolutely need in order to thrive. Definitely. Definitely. So... So yeah, I feel I feel like that was a bit of a rallying call <laughs> to those to the internal communication professionals who are just feeling a bit dejected, lost, tired, exhausted. In in, in I'm, I'm hopeful that we've given them a little bit of a push. Uh, let us know, please do let us know how you feel about this. You know, do you feel that we have lost our sense of purpose a little bit? Do you think that we need to do a little bit more work in in this space? to help leadership in organizations understand the contributions we're making and the value that we're bringing as internal communication yeah. professionals and not only being treated as post boxes or a, a, like an add-on or a glorified PA, which can often happen, right, in, in some of the organizations that we support. So please do let us know. DM us on our socials, a leader like me. Send us an email, info at leaderlikeme.com. Uh, oh, you know, Priya and I also on LinkedIn. So feel free to DM us on there as well. But we really want to have you contribute to the conversation. I think that's really important to hear your views. And like I said, we'll share the link to the uh, to the book, sorry, uh, of Alex Heron, um, Heron's book, sorry, which I think you'll find really interesting, I hope. Well, that was a great discussion. I hope you enjoyed it. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye, everyone. Yeah, see you soon. Thanks for listening to a Leader Like Me podcast. We hope you enjoyed this conversation. If you want to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn, then you can find us under A Leader Like Me, or you can send us an email to info at aleaderlikeme.com. And please do leave us a review on any of your podcasting platforms that you listen to our podcast on. Thank you so much.